Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. There's always plenty happening in the world of rugby league and just the man to talk to about this. The Daily Telegraph's Michael Carianis. Mickey, good afternoon. Hey, Glenn. How you going, mate? I'm doing really good. Now, the Rugby League reported that you are... But today, the cricket player you are. <laughs> Please. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, yeah. mate, where, where are you lining up? up? Very, lo- very low key, mate. Very, very low key. I might not, bat, might not bowl, but I might do a bit of fledging. It's, it's an afternoon out and maybe a nail or two at the end of it. Would that be correct? Yeah, it's got to be. Look how hot it is. It's, it's a stinker in Sydney. So, yeah, no, I'll, um, I'll be, trying, I'll be uh, flip-flop slapping and then um, racing off to the local for one or two. That sounds like a great afternoon. A great day of cricket is when you don't actually have to play cricket. You just turn up and <laughs> hang out with your mates, right? Exactly, exactly. Mate, the world of rugby league, and particularly the NRL, never sleeps. Another big week uh, in the NRL. I saw today in the Daily Telegraph you had a sit down with, um, with Shane Flanagan. How are things shaping up with the Red V? I know it's uh, a club close to your heart. How are they shaping up and what did Flano have to say? Yeah, it's... Uh... It's been an interesting week for the Dragons. So oh, mate, I love the sigh happened. at the start, though. <laughs> oh, well, what do you do if you're a Dragons fan? I think everyone can empathise with, with Dragons fans at the moment because, um, you know, it's been a, a, an interesting off-season. Obviously, Shane Flanagan arrived, and it's important to know I sat down with him before Christmas, so yep. um, before these injuries sort of took note this week. But, um, you know, it's been an interesting off-season. Obviously, Shane Flanagan arrived, and, you know, they settled Ben Hunt's future, and then... Uh, you know, they turned to the player market and, and have missed out on a couple Adamson or Blake. It was a big one. That's the one they went all in for. Connor Tracy, they also had a, a fair bit of interest in as well, but couldn't land either of those. And then um, fast forward to the first week at training and a couple of players that they did sign, Corey Allen and, and Ronald Volkman will basically miss the rest of the year. Corey Allen uh, ruptured, he, he, well, ruptured his ACL at training a couple of days ago and then uh, just before that, Ronald Volkman, who'd only been at training for two minutes, you know, really, yeah. like a couple of days in his stint as a dragon, has failed his medical. So um, they won't um, go ahead with that deal. So it's really interesting times uh, for the dragons. But Shane Flanagan, if you speak to him, um, and I've spoken to him in the last couple of days, he, he's optimistic because he says that they're, you know, they're training better, you know, their testing levels are, are much better than what they were last year. And, the enthusiasm levels is still there, but I hold great fears for that roster. Talk about Ronnie Volkman. This, it's a really t- tricky one, isn't it? Or really tough one for him. Obviously, he's he's come to the club. Uh, he, he left the the Warriors last year. He started with the Sydney Roosters, but went to the Warriors. He now departs the club. He, he turns up at the Dragons, gets injured. So he's contracted now. Is, they're not going to go ahead with the contract. Is that right? Yeah, it's really interesting, and I don't know how this is going to play out. Yeah, it's a really tricky situation. So, so in terms of Christmas, yeah. So in terms of, I suppose his, his rehabilitation and even mm. covering his medical, medical costs and things. So that's a weird. That yeah. Is he now left without a club and has to go through this himself, or how does that yeah. all pan out? It's a bit open ended at the moment because just before Christmas, the Warriors officially released Ronald Volkman. He had two years left on his deal, and they yeah. agreed to 
a payout for, for those two seasons. So he's off the Warriors' books and then, um, you know, agreed to join the Dragons. And uh, while at the Dragons, because of that Christmas period, he, he didn't undergo a, a medical at that time, but he, he, re, he went to Dragons training this week. And then, um, you know, uh, the physios noticed something around his shoulder and he underwent some scans and scans reveal he needs a, a, another reconstruction, which would sideline him for the year. So the Dragons are like, well, this is not what we uh, signed up for. So they're saying that um, having undergone a, a medical, he's failed his medical, so we've mm. meant the contract null and void. But the Warriors are saying, well, no, we agreed to this uh, lump sum. We've, we've released you, so you're not our player anymore. So I think the RLPA will have to get involved in, in this one. It's a sad situation. It's a tricky situation for a 21-year-old who was hoping to restart his career um, at, at the Dragons this year. Yeah, and as you say, it's, it's it's such a tricky one because, you know, commercially and, and and contractually there is you know there's some black and white around here as to as to where it sits. But in the middle is a 21 year old young bloke who's trying to kickstart his his NRL career and he's he's sitting there injured with not really knowing what to do. So hopefully the um the RLPA can jump in and provide some sort of assistance there, mate. But um but back to Flano, you know you've you've known him for some time now. Uh, you know what he's going to bring to the club. But where, where do you see is it, where are things going to be different under Flano at, at the Dragons this year? Give, give you, your Dragons uh, fans or your, 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 your mates at the Dragons some hope here that, um, that things can be different. Well, the hope is Shane Flanagan. Yeah. That's the hope for, for the Dragons, right? When you look at you know, what he achieved at, at Cronulla, and don't forget he started from a really low base at the Sharks as well and not just built them into a premiership win inside, but built them into a consistent uh, finals team. Um, to, to always be in the hunt. And, and those Cronulla sides were synonymous with being tough and, and and gritty. And, you know, he recruited really, really well. He had a, a base of player there, but then, you know, recruited some, some young players like an Andrew Fafita and, and a Wade Graham. And then, you know, when push came to the shove, he, he recruited some experienced players, the Luke Lewis and Michael Ennis and James Maloney and all those sort of players. So, you know, he showed that he had an eye from the bottom level as well as the top level. And, did a really good job there, having sustained success at the Sharks. But, um, you know, the Dragons will be better coached, better structured, Mm. um, have a clearer understanding of of what their roles are this year. But, um, you know, he's not a miracle worker, Shane Flanagan. And until he can add some high-caliber talent to that roster, I think they'll struggle. Yeah, to go from the the bottom four to the top four, it's, it's a huge journey. Yeah, it's a long journey at the moment with the Dragons. Look, they've got the foundations of an okay squad there. You look at, you know, Jaden Sewer and Ben Hahn, and I think Black Laurie had his best year um, last year. So there's, you know, the, the Tyrell Sloan, if they can, you know, find that defensive edge to, to his game, we know how much of a weapon he can be with the ball. Mo, Moses Suley, you know, so, the, you know, there's, there's a handful of some really, really good players there, and um, they need those players playing at at their top caliber and a few young men, a few young players to, to come through. And I think that's probably been where the Dragons downfall in the last four or five years has mm. been the, they've really neglected the, the junior nursery um, in, in both regions. And, um, you know, Anthony Griffin, you know, has been criticized a lot, but one thing he did prioritize along with the Dragons management there was getting that junior pathway system back in place. And yeah. I think probably next year you'll probably see the fruits of, of that start to bear a little bit. Yeah, you look at you look at um, you know that South Coast region. It's produced so many great rugby league players, and 
Yeah, may have been neglected for a while by the St George Illawarra Dragons and, and now a real priority. You look at the, uh, I suppose, the other steel city in Newcastle, a, a huge rugby league nursery up there, uh, produced so much great talent, not just since 1988, but well before that. Um, plenty of great rugby league players come out of Newcastle and the Hunter, but both clubs now have, have some reinvigoration in that junior pathways through those areas. And, it, and it's both of them have got nurseries they really have to tap into again. Mm, and I think the the benefit the Knights have is some stability at the top as well. With, Definitely, you know Adam O'Brien, who's had success at, at that top level now. You know I know his future was shaky at times during the course of last year, but you know he'll, he'll ink a contract extension mm. at, at, at some stage, probably before the, the balls kicked off this year. And you know Peter Parr's been coming into the Newcastle Knights as well, and he knows you know he had success at, at North Queensland, who, who had such a great junior nursery um, available available to him as well. So I think. There's um, stability at the top at the Knights is filtering through to some of their pathway systems. And speaking of the Knights as well, um, Bradman Best. Bradman Best is the one player who's probably the biggest name who's going to be coming off mm. contract, getting closer to that um, to that contract extension. Well, it's like before Christmas, I, I would have thought it would have been done by now. I would mm. have thought before November one, Newcastle were confident it'd be it'd be done because they put a really good offer to Bradman Best. I don't think. You know, I, I don't think anyone can say that the Knights have shortchanged Bradman Best. It's around that seven seven fifty mark for yeah. um, two to three more years after this year, and that's a significant deal. Yeah. Um. So the, the Newcastle Knights aren't getting any home ground discount there. Whether Bradman and, and his camp uh, are wanting uh, a number starting with eight is what I've been told. But um, whether or not he can get that open the on the open market, I'm not sure. But um, Newcastle, um, if they do lose. Bradman Best. It's not because they haven't put a, a competitive offer to him because I think that around that seven seven fifty mark is very very good money for yeah. a guy that's you know probably played what a, an outstanding half a season. Yep. Otherwise, they're showing glimpses that he can be. You know, he's going to be a good player, Bradman, and Newcastle want to keep him. And I think their offer shows that they'll make him one of the highest paid centers in the game. Yeah. Look, I'm. I've known Bradman Best since he came through the, the junior ranks. He was a superstar as a kid, and he's shown plenty through his career. I'd love to see him stay at the Newcastle Knights. But as you say, though, a, a contract deal with an eight at the front of it, it's a big number for a centre. It's a huge number. And if you look at, you know, comparatively, is he, that's Stephen Crichton. What the Bulldogs yeah. almost paid Stephen Crichton. And, yeah. you know, Bradman hasn't been at that level yet. Uh, you know, not to say that he won't get to that level, but that sustained success of... Um, and consistency that the likes of um, Stephen Crichton has been able to possess. You know, Herbie Farnworth and yeah. Katoni Staggs and even uh, th- those sort of players are, are ahead of Bradman at the moment for, you know, just their ability to, to, to play a, a few more games. Joey Manu and the like, you know, they're, they're the highest paid centres in the game at the moment. And for mine, Bradman's a tear down from that. And I think mm. the offer from Newcastle is a fair one. Yeah, indeed. Mickey, thanks for joining us. Uh, enjoy the cricket this afternoon, mate. Hope you get a few runs, a couple of wickets and, uh, and an ale at the end of it. Yeah, I'll be getting one of those at least. All right. Thanks Good on you, mate. Thanks so much. Michael Karianis from the Daily Telegraph. Good enough to join us on this Saturday afternoon.